You're listening to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. Multiplane Tales is officially a year old, and I want to say thank you for tuning in. Been working on a special episode to show my appreciation, but in the meantime, this tale is called Guck. And dear listener, if you'd like me to tell your tale, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Guck. Like many orcs in this part of the world, Guck didn't know his parenting. His earliest memory was traversing the wide lands as a toddler, hunting his food and doing what it took to survive. There was no one anywhere to show him the civilized path in his youth. He didn't need his first bipedal till Guck was an adult half-orc. Till that time, he remained in the generalized area of the Gadir Jugrub Forest. The town of Gadir was a good distance away from its location. A few days' journey. There were no trails into the woods, as it was thought to be haunted. It was still within the property of Gadir, but rarely remembered. Every five years, Gadir has a coming-of-age ceremony. To be deemed as a man, all the young boys must embark on a mission to complete a certain goal. Every ceremony could be different. It entirely depends on the will of the town chief. There have been circumstances where the men are sent to different countries or even different planes, though that is rare. It is the town's responsibility to get the participants to their location, but their own to get back. Most participants make it back within the year. Some take a few, even a decade in one case. Every year, there are always a small few that never return. The current chief chose the haunted Jugrub Forest for the ceremony. All the boys were meant to journey their way to the forest and bring back proof of a great triumph. Guck happened to be hunting a fox when he stumbled across a young human with hazel dark skin, silvery hair, and gray eyes. The boy's right side was crushed under a tree. As soon as the boy saw the giant half-orc, he began to scream for help. Guck walked around the boy, inspecting the strange being. In the boy's left hand was a translucent cube with a green mist swirling in the center. Guck was awestruck. There were so many things he was experiencing for the first time. After a few minutes of screaming out of fear, the boy started begging Guck for help. You! Please! Can't you see I'm stuck? Fucking help me! Get this fucking tree off me! I'll, I'll give you whatever you want! Please! The boy's eyes got a bit teary. He laid in a pool of his own blood. His left arm clutched the cube tightly. Guck kneeled by the boy's side to inspect the cube. Looking more closely, Guck could see the green mist transforming into vines and roots before becoming mist once more. The boy pulled the cube closer to his body. His body tensed up. Is is that what you want? You you could have it if, if you save me. I, I could find another later. Just please fucking help. The boy looked at Guck's face. Guck started poking him in random spots. The boy yelped with every poke. He inserted it into the boy's armor. Something that was strange to him. The boy's screams were getting weaker. His yelling turned to whimpers by the time Guck began to inspect his gear. When he finished, he stood up and went to the tree. He braced himself and managed to push it off the boy. The boy closed his eyes, forcing himself to not look at his crushed limbs, garments, meat, and bone. He could not tell where it started or ended. Guck took out his throwing stick and plunged it into the boy's heart while he still had his eyes closed. The air left his lungs one last time as he opened them to see Guck standing over him, his eyes a melange of relief, regret, and anger. Guck spent the rest of the day finding out how to remove the boy's armor from his body. 
He spent the night washing the blood and grime off the clothes in a stream. He set it out to dry in the moonlight as he went hunting. The random encounter with the boy has caused him to forget about the fox. Other than cleaning the clothes, he spent his time trying to figure out how the boy was able to make those sounds with his mouth and what they meant. It was unlike any animal he has had the pleasure of encountering. Gut could feel that the boy was trying to communicate, but he decided that ending his suffering would be better. Gut could see that the boy was dying. He had seen the same expression on many injured animals. Gut didn't know how long the boy had been stuck there, so he didn't dismember the rest of his body for food. He would let the scavengers of the forest take care of that. Guck went to his usual sleeping spot. He put on the boy's armor. They were tight on him. He tried to take it off, but it kept confusing him. His body would not let him take off the armor like the boy's crushed corpse. Pissed off, he decided to leave it on. Until he could figure it out, wearing the armor would be his new way of life. Guck's movements were severely impacted by the size difference. He decided it was best to go to bed that night without hunting rather than injuring himself attempting. He lay in his sleeping spot and closed his eyes. He fell asleep almost immediately. He dreamt of himself waking up from his sleep. He no longer had a problem with the boy's armor. It fitted comfortably, and he felt more defended with them on. Dream Guck rose from his bed. He walked straight to the stream, and he looked down. The reflection that looked back at him was not his own, but the boy's. Dream Guck's expression was unfazed by the realization. In fact, he smiled. Guck was aware he did not have control of his dream when Dream Guck walked out of the forest to the lands beyond. Guck tried to force his dream self to stop, but he was just along for the ride. Dream Guck walked through valleys, mountains, and towns of people. He walked through his first city. The wall around the city went up to the sky. At first, Guck thought the city guards were different types of animals with matching uniforms and weapons. Once he saw one of them remove their helmets, he figured they were the same as the boy. He walked past the city center markets, crowds of people buying and selling goods. He could neither smell nor hear the environment, but he felt the heat of the crowd. Dream Guck walked to the other end of the city and left through the southern gate. He continued down that path until he walked up to a gate of a small cottage made of stone. Within the bounds of the gate was an old man with pointy ears tending his garden. He had wrinkled dark hazel skin and silvery hair. He dropped his tools the moment he saw Dream Guck. He ran up to him, said something, and pulled him into a hug. He ushered Guck into the cottage. Sitting in a chair by a fire facing the door was an old lady with less pointy ears. Her eyes lit up when she saw the pair approach. She jumped up with joy. Her energy made her look 20 years younger. They brought him to a table and sat around him. Guck woke up to a sharp pain in his leg. He pulled his leg up to his body. Staring back at him, where his leg used to be, was a scorpion the size of a fox. He reacted quickly. Guck leaned past his sleeping spot and picked up a giant rock. He lifted it above his head and brought it down on the arachnid. Once it stopped twitching, he pulled his foot up to his mouth and sucked the blood out of the area he was struck. Once he was sure he was safe, Guck noticed he had his usual speed and mobility as if he wasn't wearing the armor and back in his nude form. He moved around a bit more. The armor was no longer tight around him. Curious by the turn of events, he went to the closest stream and looked down at his reflection. Sure enough, looking back at him was not his face, but the boy's. He touched his face. It still felt like his own. He knew he hadn't changed size. Deciding he would think about it later, 
Guck returned to his sleeping spot to grab his throwing sticks. Hunger set in, and he still had to catch his meal first. Guck went on a hunt. By the time it was midday, he still hadn't found anything. When the sun reached its peak, he felt an uncontrollable sensation to start walking in a specific direction. The feeling overtook his hunger. Guck turned around to head back towards his sleeping spot, which was in the opposite direction that he felt like he needed to. The further he walked away, the colder the metal parts of the armor became. Guck didn't want to fight the urge. When he reached his sleeping spot, he packed up a dozen or so throwing sticks in a bundle and put it around his back. He started walking in the direction he yearned for. He crossed the edges of the forest and the armor returned to a more temperate temperature. His walking was much longer compared to dream time. He passed through the same locations as his dream. Guck walked through valleys, mountains, and towns of people. Every day was a new experience for him. He saw creatures that he had never seen before. He crossed landscapes that forced him to rethink how he traveled. The variety of two-legged creatures he met were what struck him most. There were ones with different skin colors, and there were ones who didn't have skin, but scales, or others made of elements. There were ones that tried to communicate with him, but all the interactions ended with him staring down at them before Guck walked away. He was disappointed he couldn't understand what they were saying. He found these new experiences shocking. He didn't understand why they always entered these small buildings made of stone, wood, or sticks. He would never spend a night in town. He would always make his way to the wild, where he would use his throwing sticks to hunt his meal before finding a new sleeping spot. Guck spent a month on the road, following the directions of the armor. His journey came to an end when he approached the gate of a small cottage made of stone. Within the bounds of the gate was an old man with pointy ears tending his garden. The armor hummed. The old figure turned and noticed Guck. He jumped to his feet, ran over to Guck, and wrapped him in a hug. My son, it, it has been years. Your mother thought she would never see you again, but I believed. I knew you would come back. You always do. Guck looked down at the old gnome. There was a sense of relief to see him, though he didn't know why. The gnome's tone made him comfortable. Did you return with anything to now be a man of Gadar? Guck was compelled to reach into his pocket and pull out a translucent cube with green mist swirling in the center. He didn't know how that was in his possession. He hadn't thought about the cube since the boy he helped in the forest. He handed it to the old gnome. He waved his hands around the cube. Wow, a druidic cube of restriction. That is a great find. The gnome inspected Guck. He reached out and touched Guck's lips with his hands. Guck's lips froze for a moment before returning to normal. Can you understand me now, son? Yes. He brought him inside and sat him at the table. The gnome brought out some bowls of soup and gave one to Guck. He spent the following hours regaling Guck with what he's missed in the years he had been gone. Guck sat there and listened, not saying a word, amplifying his confusion. He didn't want to leave, or tell the gnome he was not his son. Late into the night, the gnome took Guck into a room in the back. We haven't touched your room since you left. Everything is where you left it, he said. Guck laid in bed, staring up at the ceiling. About an hour later, he heard the front door open. Seconds later, there were two hushed tones talking in the living room. He got out of bed and placed his ear on the door. One was the old gnome. The other assumed was the old lady. Debra, he's returned. How is he? Yes, found a new host. 
He hasn't fully taken over his body yet. How soon do you think we have to wait before we can show him to the others? The host is a half-orc. It will take longer than the other races. It doesn't matter. He will listen to whatever we say until our son is restored again. Did he bring back anything? A restriction cube. Keep that away from him. Till the process is complete. Honey, it is all good. He didn't even know language until I branded him with the tongue spell. Still, you can never be too sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll take care of that tomorrow. We have more important business to take care of now. Guck no longer heard their voices. He slowly pushed the door open to give him enough space to make it to the living room. The cube was on the table. He picked it up and inspected it. He felt the urge to put it down and return to his room to sleep in his bed. The armor grew cold. He fought the urge. Not knowing how to use the cube, he slammed it into his chest on the armor. The glass cube shattered. The green mist encompassed the entire armor. The armor dropped below freezing temperatures. Guck was having trouble breathing, and he began to lose feeling in his hand. The green mist flashed, turning into vines with gems on them. There was a loud piercing scream that came from the armor. He heard the voices of the old couple. Guck didn't wait. He grabbed his throwing sticks that were near the front door and ran. He ran into the nearest batch of trees to catch his breath. The armor's temperature returned to normal. The vines that now adorned the armor continued to glow. He found a stream and sat down to drink some water. For the first time since he had put on the armor, looking back at him was his usual orcish complexion. There was a tiny part of him that wanted to return to the cottage, but that urge was more controllable now. Guck knew he had to find someone or something that could free him from this curse. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to submit your story, you can send it to multiplanetales at gmail.com. And if you could, please share this with all your friends and family across the multiplanes. Again, thanks for listening, and you'll hear me again in a fortnight.